Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM. This is Newsnight. And in the next 60 minutes, four persons, including six-year-old boy, dead and three missing following yesterday's downpour in the greater Accra region and Ashanti. We have uh, so far three casualties, which did happen last night, an additional one that happened this morning. The news reports suggest that uh, Elid and two of his uh, kids are currently missing since yesterday. Tonight, we'll take you to Parliament as Speaker directs finance as well as works and housing ministers to appear before the House to brief MPs on measures taken to prevent flash floods with the rains setting in. The instructions are to the effect that the minister responsible for works and housing be programmed by the business committee to appear before the house together with the minister for finance 
Also, Minority Leader Dr. Kesa Latuforsen secures court order to compel his fellow NDC member and former Health Minister Alex Segbefia to set testify in ambulance trial. We have details as the court warns it will order the arrest of Mr. Segbefia and two others should they fail to show up. Also, Speaker of Parliament demands immediate removal of taxes on sanitary part, describing the tax as unconscionable and a sin. Why should we pass a law imposing tax on sanitary parts? This is unconscionable. It's a cardinal sin. The next budget, it might not appear. It cannot be a tax. Please. We have details as a group of protesters petition parliament over the matter demanding action. This is about the taxes on sanitary parts. We are saying that it needs to go away. We can't continue something as basic and, you know, humanity at its core, at its base, like pirates. But the AGI maintains a removal of taxes on imported sanitary parts will collapse the local industry and sink the economy. And in business, four tanker drivers uh, set to strike for Monday over poor road conditions in the Tema Enclave and other fuel depots in the country. And in sports, we hear from members of parliament who've been eulogized and former Black Stars captain Asamajan following his retirement from for professional football. And later, from two suspected cases to almost 100 confirmed cattle deaths in six districts of the Upper East Region, authorities are stepping up vaccination of cattle, goat, sheep and pigs to, to avoid nationwide spread of anthrax. Even this morning, we had two animals dying in Bolga here, and we've taken uh, samples and sent it to Pontamale. That's and more in tonight's edition of Newsnight. Please do well to join us with your thoughts and comments as well. WhatsApp is 055-1111997. You're watching us live on Facebook or social media platforms. You can tweet at us or share your thoughts with us with the hashtag Newsnight. I am MFA Apau. Thanks for your company. This is your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. We start off with a flooding situation in the greater Accra and Ashanti regions. And already four persons, including a six-year-old boy, they've drowned and three are gone missing following yesterday's downpour in the greater Accra and Ashanti regions. The victims drowned in the Owabi stream from and with the rest being swept away by the flash floods at Sepa Sibisiasi. Love FM, Sirastu Sasari Donko, spoke with the Ashanti Regional NADMO Director, Frank Dodu. Uh, as you witnessed yesterday, the rain was heavy. We have uh, so far three casualties, which did happen last night, an additional one that happened uh, this morning. The first one did happen at Tafu, uh, which the person is young, still on course to get the data, because we are not able to reach out to the family. So we are yet to have the full details of the one, which presumably is under 10 years old. And we have that also right where we are, Tafwa, which did happen yesterday. And this morning, when the rescue team, that's the fire service, NADMO, and other people helping to rescue, we, we, we got to know that a brother also decided that he would fall his, his way into the river, and he also got drowned. And the other one is that of Sepase uh, Bisiansi, which also did occur yesterday. So, so far we have four casualties. Uh, what circumstances uh, led to their deaths? Uh, that of the uh, Bissiansi, the one, the guy was on a motorbike. He insisted that he would want to cross the bridge. And unlucky for him, the river carried him away. Same as that of uh, Atafua here. Even people who were standing by waiting for the rain to capsize down so that once the river goes down, he'll be able to cross. Advice, but he insisted that he would want to go. He carried his bike, and when the bike fell, then trying to go, he decided to rescue the bike, and both of them also went. And the brother, from what I told you this morning, a libation of sport for the rescue team to undertake the search, but he decided that he would go in. And immediately he entered, in less than a minute, he was also carried away. And the other one is a tough, same as crossing a bridge, a young uh, 
child who was crossing a bridge, then it did happen. But all these things could have been avoided. If you look at the releases and dedications that have been going on for the past four months, there are things that could have been avoided. Well, so that's the Ashanti Regional NADMO Director, Frank Dodo, rather sad situation. There are four persons, including a six-year-old, they've drowned in the Ashanti region following the downpour there, and three persons are also missing. My colleague, Erastus Asaridonko, has been following this uh, for us. Thankfully, he joins us on the line. Well, Erastus, in Accra here, was up to about four hours of rainfall, and we are still uh, looking at the situation here. Let's talk about how long it was in the Ashanti region, such that four persons lost their lives. Well, so it wasn't quite a long time of heavy rain. Um, it was heavy in some areas, but uh, not too heavy to the extent that you have major flooding in many uh, parts of uh, Kumasi. But when you look at areas where these uh, drownings are being reported, the Atafwa Bridge is a flood-prone area. When it rains uh, slightly, you find the uh, Owabi uh, stream overflowing its banks and so vehicles that are plying that bridge uh, cannot go and come indeed the bridge is currently under construction and leaving a narrow space for vehicles to uh, travel through i understand that this gentleman who was using a bicycle was advised not to cross the russian waters but he decided to do so and he was swept away now his brother this morning uh, went with the rescue team to the area. He decided uh, to go in and look for the brother. When they advised him that they should wait for uh, the divers to come, he waded into it and uh, he, he started drowning. But unfortunately, the person who was there to rescue him did not know how to swim. And so he also uh, drowned. It was just this evening that his body uh, was retrieved uh, from the Owabi uh, stream. Mm. And I'm sure in your interaction with the NADMO director, uh, please, he's been telling you about the four persons, including the six-year-old who drowned, amongst others, but the three missing persons, I'm sure just before you came on air, you've been checking again. Any news on them? Well, so um, if I should get you the names of these people, the six-year-old boy has been identified as uh, Lovick Atta Odru. And he drowned at Tafo. There's an area called Kwame Sechi, electoral area. Uh, with the Bisiasa Sepasi area, the gentleman who died is a 45 year old man called Konlam Kwame. And um, at Atafwa, Kwekua Bwaje uh, was the one who uh, died trying to retrieve the bicycle. And his brother is John Kwame Asuman, 57, who also died, and his body was retrieved. Uh, just uh, this evening. Mm. And so uh, these are the names as they have been identified. Well, thank you so much. That's my colleague Erastus Asari Donko with the situation in the Ashanti region. Here in the Greater Accra, it was uh, a heated matter on the floor of parliament with MPs questioning the country's preparedness to prevent floods with the onset of the rains. Well, Minority Chief Whip governs Kwame Agbuja delivered a statement on the floor and he said three persons are currently missing in the Greater Accra region with some communities cut off as a result of the torrential rains. Out of the the downpour yesterday, um, areas specifically Botiano, English, Amarum constituency, which belongs to one of our colleagues, got heavily uh, flooded, Mr. Speaker. And as a result, the news reports suggest that uh, a lady and two of his, uh, her kids are currently missing since yesterday. Uh, I take the opportunity to commend the uh, agencies still working to hopefully find them alive. Uh, we are also aware that some people are injured and uh, lots of properties have been uh, damaged. Mr. Speaker, uh, we want to take the opportunity to commensurate with our colleagues, uh, Honorable Sly uh, Tete, uh, who is a member of parliament from that area. I suspect he's within the area now trying to do whatever he can do as a member of parliament to help his uh, people. Uh, we also understand that areas like Ofang, part of Ofanko and Ashalaja. Some areas have been cut off completely out of the, because of the uh, flooding. And Mr. Speaker, the rains have just started. The dam, weather dam is yet even to be, to be spilled. And this calls for this house to uh, probably call upon our respected colleague, the minister uh, responsible for Western Housing, to apprise the house 
as to what steps he is taking uh, to avert further damage and loss. Well, I'll take you to Peace Town near Kaswa in the Gasat municipality where my colleague Maxwell Agwagwa has been. But the situation, we'll go to Parliament again because there's some action that they're hoping to take on this particular situation. Well, in the Pung Katamansa constituency also, floods have destroyed the town roads and displaced scores of residents. Join us, Carlos Caloni is there for us. He joins us on the line with details of what he's found so far. So, Carlos, which specific roads or areas have you visited in the area? Area, and what can you say about the estate? So, MFR, I've been to the Pumbaria to Misha Camp Road, uh, which is less than five kilometers. I've also been to the Yellow Steinboard to the Gulf City Road, and then the Saki to Bediaku Road, as well as the Wichile Junction to Bediaku. All these roads put together, you are looking at less than 10 kilometers of of road but mfr i can say for a fact that all these roads are very deplorable and uh, i also noticed that many shops along this roads were all locked up when i tried speaking with some of the uh, shop owners and the residents they keep telling me that because of the state of the road that's how come they have to lock up their their shop because business has actually gone uh, down Mm. Well, but you've been interacting with the MCE uh, for the area. Uh, what indication does he give you? So the MCE of the area, Samuel Oko Amankwa, actually expressed some grave concerns over the state of the road within the municipality uh, in general, specifically those in the uh, Saki area. And so we can take a listen to what he's been telling us so far. We have submitted all the challenges we have on all the roads you just mentioned and more to the road minister of Akwata. We have a copy that has gone to the urban roads director general and then that of highways. The Calypso one to Michelle Camp and then Bediakuru's actually they've been awarded. The site was handed over to the contractor uh, somewhere last year, September. Up to now, the contractor has not come to site. And this is a, a, a big worry to all of us. So we have made a request through Urban Roots that they should change the contractor for us. Well, I'll come back um, to the Greater Okra region and touch with Maxwell Agbagba, like I said. But let me take you to the Western region now. And we're told residents there are also reeling under the devastation of yesterday's downpour. My colleague Samo Kojo braces in Accra, but he has his ears and eyes in the Western region and joins me in studio uh, with what we've been finding uh, mm. on the ground in the Western region. Let's talk about the areas affected. Yeah, so if you go to Mpoh, for example, we're being told that um, Edumbanso is reeling under under the impact of flood, the flooding. Uh, Ayim, which is also a community in, the, in Mpoho, is also uh, being affected. When you come to a Hunter West, El Sejo is battered. Mm. I'm told that most people of the community have had to be evacuated from their homes because they cannot sleep in their homes now. Nadmo tells me that they have moved all of them to the, to, to a basic school in there and the Pentecost Church in the community and they are now sourcing for food to feed them because the place, the devastation is just unimaginable, they tell me. Hopefully we don't have any casualties. Um, unfortunately we do. Oh. Um, I am unconfirmed. Uh, my sources in Ayema are telling me one person has been found dead. Mm. They haven't been able to confirm their name yet, but they can tell me that one person has been dead. They are suspecting, however, that he's a Galamsea of mm. Northern descent. So that's, that's mm. the information coming. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Samuel Kojubrace, thank you so much. And I'm sure he'll be providing details on Joy News Prime shortly yeah, sure, at yes, 7 p.m. Yes, on the Joy uh, News channel. We'll be touching base with the NADMO director of the Western okay. region as well. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll definitely catch that. But um, here in Accra, well, uh, residents of Peacetown near Kaswa, uh, but for the timely intervention of some persons who volunteered as lifeguards, 10 children and some adults would have died after the downpour. Many of the residents were compelled to stay home after a river in the community overflowed its banks, rendering the main road impassable. Maxwell Agbagba has been there for us and he has his report. Sounds of gushing water at the cutoff point here at Abanfu. Many of the residents here have been forced out of their homes by the flood water. The brave ones were compelled to move door to door, rescuing persons who were trapped. I've met Joseph Kwame Nyakum. He helped rescue some of the affected persons. He says, but for their timely intervention, 10 children would have died in the flood. People shouting, screaming, and then I, I went there to help them. And I saw people going, coming up from their houses and they want to rescue people. So we gathered boys and also helped them to rescue some of the kids, like 10 kids. Doing that rescuing, then we saw a certain woman and the two, two kids. Today I heard that, I heard that they, they were rescued at this place. Hundreds of residents are not willing to risk it through this flood water. Many of them who have no choice are compelled to wade through it. I've been speaking to a man who had to carry his sick son behind him to the hospital. He says the road to his residence is impassable and he couldn't wait for the water to subside before taking his son to the hospital. Uh, because I ran on this morning before you are going, yeah, be full of mm. where the chair coming, so my son is sick, so that's why I go to him. All the taxi drivers in this community who ply this road to Peace Town and its adjoining communities are idle today. There's no work to be done. I've been speaking to Seth Obain, who is one of them. He's frustrated about the situation. But yesterday, what happened was terrible, you know, and we couldn't even to cross the river self. It's not easy for us. So we want our MP to come to the area and to come and visit us. Since these problems happened, we haven't seen the MP around, especially the MC. He have to come and, I mean, take care of the situation so that we know that we have a uh, death uh, somewhere but there's nothing of sort going on many of the residents here believe the flooding here persists because of the inaction of city authorities they are threatening to boycott the 2024 elections i've been speaking to one of them azumi mahama she says, look at how we have been displaced by the flood. When elections are getting closer, you see politicians trooping here. They should never step here in search of votes. Our children are not able to cross the school. If you are not strong, the water will sweep you away. Our MP does not do anything for us. He shouldn't step here, an angry Azumi Mahama said, with tears in her eyes. That's Maxwell Agbagba's report from Peacetown near Kaswa here in the Great Okra region. Well, the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbing, is unhappy with the nation's readiness in averting the devastating effects of the flood. He's directing the Finance Minister, Ken Oforiata, and his colleagues, Works and Housing Minister, Francis Asensu-Bwache, to appear before the House and brief MPs on the preparedness to prevent floods with the onset of the rains. 
Why should they be desilting? We should construct structures in such a way that there are no open gutters. We should. The way we are looking at housing as if it's a private venture is wrong. The house you build is not for you. It's for the community. People come in at any time and sleep with you. And so the society has a role led by the state to provide shelter over the heads of people. That is a serious priority. Because after air, water, food, the next thing is what? Shelter. But we rather spend a lot of money on useless things. I will definitely give the instructions and the instructions are to the effect that the minister responsible for works and housing be programmed by the business committee to appear before the house together with the minister for finance and to give us a brief on action being taken to make this a thing of the past. And so we expect that latest before the end of next week, these ministers should appear before us. Honourable members, this is a very important subject matter. Well, so that's uh, the speaker's directive today. Well, the member of the Western Housing Committee, Andrew Dari Chiwete, blamed recurring flat situation on the sector minister who he accused of failing to live up to his responsibility. The problem is huge. And uh, you and I know the problem of uh, Ghana, especially Accra. Uh, you see, for the flooding in Accra, we know it's perennial. It's something that happens almost every year. Um, but as a people, I don't think we are investing enough to prevent it. I know there are people who deliberately cause uh, some of these activities. Those who build on waterways, uh, those who throw uh, their uh, waste products in gutters, uh, those who construct even uh, roads to their houses, they block some of the waterways. But I think as a people, we should have lost that work. It's just because we do not implement our laws. We all know that every year, as a ministry, we need to drain the, I mean, to, to, to dredge uh, the drains, especially the other. But for some time now, they would mention to us they have done the dredging, yet you go there and you don't see any activity going on. Well, it's a good time to bring in our latest episode of Floods of Trauma. We visited five different individuals who have separate stories about floods, like a recurring nightmare. The fear of the rainy season grips their hearts as they bear witness to the rising waters that threaten to consume their homes and belongings. Michael Papani Ashali has today's edition of Floods of Trauma. In Adabraka, a community very close to the Odona River. And this household right here has a peculiar relationship with floods. This wall that I sit on is arguably the only surviving one because the others have all given way to the force of the floods. They have all tumbled down. And the residents share their story, at least the few remaining ones. In Adabraka, we met two brothers, Kufi Keke and Daniel Asiedu. Their house now floods after every heavy downpour. More recently, the force of the water collapsed their walls. Last year, the flood came, and it came around around 2:25 p.m. or a.m. Yeah, but we, I, I heard boom at once, and I realized ah, what is happening. I, th I, th I think it's a tender, but I, I came, I, I came from my room, and I see there's plenty of water. By the moment I'm trying to come outside, and I see my 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 wall has fell down at once. Boom! This is the wall. You can see the wall. This is the wall. Their tenants have now taken the hard decision to vacate their rooms just before the rainy season. Uh, if you look around here, no one is staying here. No one is staying here. No one. No one. Everybody has gone. Justina Adam is a seamstress. She moved into the neighborhood not long ago. Her first flood experience is now an indelible memory. <laughs> I didn't know it was this bad. 
I was home when I heard the whole place had flooded. And when I got here, most of my things were destroyed. Now, she packs the cloth high up on a special shelf in her shop to avoid a repeat of history. I had to dispose of them out of fear and I'll pack the items high up on those shelves and the rest I take home. The perennial flat plague promises to hit again. And their savior, the Odor drain, which houses mainly the Odor River, is already half full with silt. That's our flood of trauma series. Um, today's edition brought to you by Michael Ashali. Well, another um, disturbing situation, uh, the report that we've been bringing you right from Top Story. A police officer has been shot and killed during a robbery incident in Ablekuma here in the Greater Okra region. My colleague Maxwell Abogba of our security desk has been finding out more on the situation and uh, joins me in studio. Maxwell, first yeah. of what are we learning? So... MFA, we have um, the CCTV footage of what happened um, this afternoon and um, everything happened so fast. We've been looking at the CCTV footage. Um, it happened under one minute. Um, the bullion van pulls up at a filling station with three other vehicles parked there. Um, a motorbike with a pillion passenger follows the bullion van closely. Um, the passenger gets down from the motorbike, runs to the front seat of the bullion van opens the door of the bullion van and then opens fire on the policeman. Um, so the police officer who was at the front seats had no opportunity to, um, to defend himself whatsoever. It happened so fast. Um, another person who was part of the gang runs to take the policeman's weapon mm. and then they dash out from the um, filling station. Now, so two motorbikes from the CCTV footage Two motorbikes are involved in this act. One motorbike with a pillion passenger. The other has no passenger. Um, before they bolted from the scene, one of them came back to pick something from the floor. It looked like a backpack, but it wasn't too clear. It does not appear also that they picked anything from the bullion van. And this is in broad daylight? Yes, just this afternoon. And you can see it was not dark. People were going about their normal duties under one minute. All of these happened under one minute. And earlier we've been talking about a police statement on this uh, particular issue. Let's go through the statement yes. from the police if we have uh, it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the Ghana police service says they are on a manhunt to arrest um, the gang of four robbers who attacked um, the bullion van at Ablikuma Fan Milk, a suburb of Accra, and shot the police escort who has unfortunately passed on. Um, police says its prayers and thoughts are with the family of um, their deceased colleague in particular and all personnel of the police service in general. Um, they are assuring the public that they will surely get the robbers arrested to face um, justice. And from what we saw from the CCTV footage, they were not wearing any mask. One mm -hmm. of them was in a cap, was in a cap so yeah. Mm -hmm. You can trust the police if they say they'll bring them to face justice. Well, but these days, you see that uh, these bullion vans are followed by um, armed military men. Yeah. I'm wondering uh, whether there was any sight of them in this uh, particular uh, video that we're seeing from the CCTV footage. From the CCTV footage, we did not see any military vehicle following this bullion okay. van. It was just the bullion van um, that pulled up at the um, filling station. And in the era where we cannot get access uh, to the police to get further information, mm. we'll have to wait exactly. for statements from yeah. the police and public affairs mm. directorate to find out more yeah. on this particular incident but Maxwell Abubba I'm sure is following this for us and give us more details Definitely. thank you so much Maxwell but let me take you to the court and former health minister Alex Sebefia former controller and accountant general Seydou Kotoma and a former budget director at the health ministry Patrick Nimo have been ordered by an Accra High Court to appear and testify in the trial of minority leader Dr. Kesa Latoforsen. Well Dr. Forsen's lawyers urged the court to issue the order after they failed to call a witness at the court's hearing today. The minority leader and two others are standing trial for causing financial loss to the state in the procurement of ambulances for the country. He has so far been unable to directly call a witness to the stand. Well, the first witness who testified from his defense or from his defense team list was equally ordered to show up to testify. 
Legal Affairs Correspondent Joseph Akable joins me via Zoom uh, with further details. He's been following a number of cases in court today. We'll start with this particular one, Joseph. Give us a sense of the individuals penciled for the minority leader and which ones have committed to coming on their own to testify. Hello, Joseph. Well, Joseph is joining us via Zoom shortly and um, we'll get um, further updates from him. Joseph, if you can hear me, if you can unmute and then we can take it away. Do we have Joseph? Okay, um, we'll try one more time. And I know that Joseph is also following the case on the NDC's James Jachukwesing and the Supreme Court has handed the party and the, um, James Jachukwesing seven days to file for a review of the decision which directed Parliament to expunge his name from its records. Well, this was after Mr. Kwesing's lawyers had told the court they obtained a copy of the judgment late and will need time to challenge it. And that's one case also, two cases. And then there's another one uh, on the OSP. That's the secretary of the defunct interministerial committee on illegal mining. Charles Bissu has withdrawn one of his three cases against the office of the special prosecutor. Well, Joseph, thankfully, joins us back on Zoom. So, Joseph, we're starting with this particular case um, involving the minority leader, Dr. Kiesel Latoforsen. I was asking you earlier to give us a sense of the individuals penciled by the minority leader and which ones have committed to coming on their own to testify. So there's said, Tekpe, the former finance minister, is on that list, and he is crucial to the testimony of Dr. Tufosin because we know that uh, Dr. Tufosin is in court because of a letter that he had written to the Bank of Ghana and another to uh, the controlling accountant general asking that letters of credit be established in the name of the Big C Trading Company Limited. And he had told the court, his lawyers had suggested to the courts that he was doing that on behalf of the Minister of Finance. And the Minister of Finance at the time was set to win. So he's quite crucial to this particular matter. There's also Alex Mood, former GNPC boss. There's Alex Segwefia, a former health minister. Dr. Sam Mensah, whom we understand was an advisor to the Ministry of Finance. Patrick Nemo, currently a chief director of the Ministry of Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation, as well as Seidu Kontoma, uh, who we are told uh, is a former controlling accountant general. In terms of those who have indicated that they will be uh, testifying, we know, we, are, we understand that Seth Tepe has committed to testifying via a video link. And there's also Alex Mode who has actually filed a witness statement already. And so it was in respect of Alex Segbefia, the former Minister of Health, uh, Patrick Nemo and Seidu Kontoma, the former controller and accountant general, that lawyers for Dr. Fossey made that application, which has been granted by the court. And so Alex Segbefia, for instance, has been ordered to appear in the court on 29th of June to testify. Well, we understand the judge was quite clear that should they fail to show up, she'll issue a warrant of arrest. In fact, he made reference to a case that she had dealt with, that uh, she had issued orders in relation to a senior customs official and she said in that particular instance once the order was issued and that official failed to show up she issued a warrant for his arrest and when he was arrested he was in custody till he finished testifying and so he says that is what will be an option if these individuals fail to show up at the next date and so they've all been assigned different day slots and time slots to show up and so starting with Alex Sebefia the former minister of health he's supposed to show up on the 29th of June at 10 a.m. And should he fail to do so, then the court will issue a warrant for his arrest. Now, Joseph, let's touch on the other cases that you've been following in court today. First, the one on the Supreme Court. And we know they've handed James Jachukwes in seven days to file for a review of the decision. I bet you've been finding out what exactly they're seeking to achieve with this process, knowing well that the by-election is just next week. I mean, the point that is being made is that as far as they are concerned, they have made that point consistently that the decision of the Supreme Court, that judgment that said that he was not qualified to contest the 2020 parliamentary polls, they hold a view that that decision, the judges committed fundamental errors of law. And there is a window for a review period, and it is at the verge of elapsing. That's how come they made this application that the Supreme Court grants them an extension of time. And so they have gotten seven days. Uh, it was heard by a single judge, Justice and Gao, who heard this particular matter, and he granted a seven-day extension to afford them the opportunity to file for the review. What accounted for the delay in filing it has to do with the fact that you know the judgment of the court also took a bit of time before it was also released. But the point is being made that they are exploring 
all avenues while contesting the polls the, the other option is that this could also be an avenue for him to find his way back into parliament so they do not want to leave any stone unturned and the case uh, involving the secretary of the defunct interministerial committee on illegal mining charles pissu uh, we know he's withdrawn one of his three cases against the office of the special prosecutor let's go through it and then what more you've been gathering from the lawyers of mr pissu hello joseph Hello, my friend. So three cases. The one which has been withdrawn has to do with uh, one that he filed at the General Jurisdiction Court, Judicial Review. He had made the point that he had concerns with how he believed the special prosecutor had procured an arrest warrant from the court and wanted the court to deal with that particular matter. He also wanted the court to stop him from, uh, the OSP from investigating and making the point that he believes that Anas Harambi Anas should have also been a subject of investigation since it is his documentary and in which some individuals he believes to be announced were offering bribes that uh, formed the base for that particular investigation. So he has withdrawn that particular matter. There are two other matters. One that he alleges that his rights have been have, have been breached at the Human Rights Division. Then there's another one that he raises the issue that because he had been investigated by the police, he doesn't think that the matter should be investigated by the special prosecutor again. Uh, we understand from his lawyer's perspective that Yes, he has already appeared before the OSP, so that takes care of some of the matters. But they also make the point that the other two cases also are very similar in nature to the one that they've withdrawn. And so they are deciding to pursue those two cases strongly. And so that is it by way of the matter involving the Secretary of the Defense Interministerial Committee on the Legal Mining at Charles Bissou. Always a delight interacting with you, Joseph Akable, as you break down issues happening in court. Thank you so much. Well, this is Newsnight here on Joy, 99.7 FM here in Accra. In Kumasi, we are on Love, 99.5 FM, a number of affiliates dotted across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on myjoyonline.com. We are on all our social media platforms. And our WhatsApp line is 055-1111997. And George Riafi is in the studios with the latest from the world of business. Hello, George. Hi, MFL. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, George. I don't know Thanks whether you, last week, how are you going to uh, fuel your vehicle because there are implications that there could be uh, supply challenges. The fuel tanker drivers are set to embark on a stood-down strike right. from Monday over poor road conditions in the Tema Enclave. It's terrible and they are worried about the safety of these products that they transport. Mm. And over the over the past two years, nothing has been done about it. Okay. And so they have declared the intention to strike. We get you more details on that one. And also, the independent power producers finally notify Finance Minister Ken Ofriata of intention to cut supplies from July 1, 2023. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Live and Ghana Pay. When everything worth doing is scheduled, hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning job. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office. Or an arranged virtual meeting with that big client. Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHS, Kumase KNUST campus, UCC. 
Sea, Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Have you noticed that Ghana has suffered lack of attendance at stadia across the country in recent years? Well, the multimedia group wants to be part of the solution, which is why we're calling on you, our dear listener, to help us. Our sister station, Insura FM in Kumasi, has been on a nationwide campaign to identify factors influencing poor patronage of Ghana Premier League matches. This campaign has been widely discussed on traditional and social media since the beginning of the year. And after widespread stakeholder engagement, we have a list of questions in a survey that will help us come out with a communique based on science and data. And we need you to assist by completing this survey. The link to the survey is bit.ly forward slash fillgpl questionnaire. Once again, bit.ly forward slash philgpl questionnaire. Please help Insura FM and the multimedia group complete the survey in order to have a scientific response to this national problem. You're welcome back to Business on News Night. Now, fuel tanker drivers are set to strike for Monday over poor road conditions in the term industrial enclave and other fuel depot in the country. Details in the following business text report. The tanker driver's intention to strike come Monday was captured in a letter cited by Joy Business to management of the Tema oil refinery. The tanker drivers say they have been forced to take this action because all attempts to get government to deal with their concerns have not gotten the desired results. The drivers in the letter to tour management recounts engagements with National Petroleum Authority, which all have not led to any action being taken on these roads. The challenge is not only with the Tema Industrial Enclave, as the drivers indicate that other fuel depots in the country are having a similar challenge in terms of road network. The drivers have also told Joy Business that these concerns have gone as high as the presidency and the minister of transport but no action has been taken they are worried the nature of these roads could result in a disaster when they are transporting petroleum products the action could result in the supply of petroleum products being affected badly from next week if the issue is not resolved and that is the business tax report now independent power producers have formally notified the finance minister ken ufriata over their intention to cut power supply from july 1 2023 the action has been influenced by lack of progress to settle more than two billion ghana cities debt of these power producers chief executive of the independent power producers eliklim akotabo has been speaking to joy business we are critically challenged facing uh, financial difficulties. We have made these challenges known to government, ECG for that matter, but have not received the needed attention. Uh, we indicated that we are unable to guarantee supply after June 30th, just because we do not have the resource to do it. After all, we are now what we want to see in the cards in our account to continue the operation. Uh, we are on standby for that if World Bank is able to intervene as early as possible will be it. Chief Executive of the Independent Power Producers, Eliklim Akpetobo. Now, challenges with oil production impacted negatively on the performance of industry with the first quarter of this year. This was captured in the latest GDP estimates for the first three months of this year. There is more in this report. 
Oil production over the years has been one of the major contributors to industry's performance when it comes to GDP calculation. Therefore, any challenge in that area will definitely impact the economy. Some analysts are linking the challenge to drop in oil production and difficulties in securing approval from government when it comes to their new oil production and work on new fields. On the construction subsector, Joy Business is learning that one of the major reasons that contributed to its contraction was issues with clean car importation by the cement manufacturing firms, which impacted on the sector's performance. The Ghana Statistical Service data on the first quarter GDP estimates showed that all the subsectors did contract a part of electricity, which went up by over 3%. However, Joy Business is learning that the sector could have done better than what was recorded. It's one of the independent power firms was not shut down due to some internal issues. The Ghana Statistical Service is, however, optimistic about the industry sector picking up in the coming month. This is due to the fact that its performance for the first quarter of this year was somehow impacted by some shocks coming from COVID-19 related activities. So, if these challenges should be dealt then, the performance of industry could pick up strongly. And that is the business tax report. Now, Chairman of Okud Green Africa, Gabriel Edgar, is making a strong case for Ghana to explore intra-Africa trade to help transform its economy. Mr. Edgar, who is also the chief executive of the investment group, said this at the launch of the Africa Trade Gateway as part of the Afriex Bank's annual general meeting in Accra. Mr. Edgar highlighted the significance of these platforms in unlocking Africa's trade potential for Ghana. We must start thinking global Africa immediately. Expanded markets, which will be given to you by trader and that thing. Diverse partnerships. Private sector, don't think local. Think Africa. That's all I, I came here to advise you on. Access to financial markets, what are you doing to provide that? We are trying to be a conduit for capital into the continent. What are you doing? Leverage technology. There are technology houses here. Don't restrict it to Ghana. Don't restrict it to Zimbabwe. Do it Africa-wide. Logistics. I know my friend is doing a lot in that. Knowledge, training. That essential training that is required. Entrepreneurs here. Let's pick it up. This is what I'm saying. Chairman of Oakwood Green Africa, Gabriel Edgar. The UK government has announced a new partnership with developing countries, including Ghana, to support their economic resilience to the wake of the climate crisis. To this end, the UK Export Credit Agency, that is the UK Export Finance, will work with 12 partner African countries in the Caribbean to allow them defer debt repayment if it will hit climate issues and also things affecting the economy. The announcement comes at the UK Minister for Development in Africa, Andrew Mitchell, presented or presented the UK government at a summit for new global financing pact in Paris. And MFA tonight on PM Express, we're looking at the state of business registration in Ghana today. How long it takes for you to register your business and what has been done to simplify the process for you. All these answers will be on PM Express at 9 p.m. with the registrar of companies, Jemima Owari. And I think you should make a date. Yeah, I, I need to know the status of my, <laughs> my company registered <laughs> and all that. So we'll definitely tune in and um, to hear more on mm. what we and have to do. And it's all forward. on our social media platforms yeah. at 9 p.m. To talk about business registration in Ghana today. Okay, and I'm sure we're getting ready for impact makers. Yes, yeah, of also, course. Um, tomorrow, 10 hour days, and it's tomorrow at 7 p.m. Mm. It will be on the joining channel. Oh. We're heading so, to the so Labar Beach. Can, can it open? Can people come there? Oh, yes, uh, only for uh, invitation by, by invitation. Yeah, those who have also been nominated, exactly, right? And those so, we have to watch it on TV. and their families okay. and friends and loved ones, but I'll be there. <laughs> but the spectators can watch on Yes, it will be TV. live on the John News channel, all our social media Be interesting. Platforms. I mean, it's good to celebrate some of these uh, people out there who are doing great things mm -hmm. in their community that nobody's seeing them. And I these see are the, the way real a lot of people are supporting Ellen White, uh, for instance, mm. and um, we'll, we'll, we'll get more. These now. are the real change makers in the community. Mm -hmm. 
of course, very important. Thank you, George Riafi, uh, bringing us the latest uh, from the world of business. And we're getting ready for impact makers. We'll talk more about it. And the lead on this, Mefa Atiamwa Ewenam Eli, will join us uh, later uh, with details of it. But um, let me bring in Musbao. And he's joined us with the latest from the world of sports. For a moment, yeah, I mean, so much For a moment, I thought you were referring to yourself, and so no, no, I no. heard the other names. I said, okay, yes, we're doing the first uh, in the new Okay, show. I didn't hear the applause, so I said, okay, I that's said, not that's you. That's not me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get to Parliament and uh, Majority Chief Whip Frank Anodompre. He's been eulogised, and former Black Stars captain Asamajan calling the nation to honour him for his exploits. Uh, the Ghana top scorer, who is also the first international player to score in nine successive tournament announces retirement from football and uh, making a statement on the floor of the house the majority chief whip said as Jan brought glory and honor to the country and also on his path former youth and sports minister dr rashid uh, Pelpo touted jan's unifying qualities let's hear from him but first majority chief whip frank anodompre history of our game in ghana many iconic players have grazed our pitches with the tenacity and fitness of beautiful feet. Statistics in African and Ghanaian football are replete with legendary tales of such plays and one that has stood tall in the history of our game in the recent decade is none other than legendary Asamoja. Speaker, it might be debatable who is considered the greatest of all time in the Ghanaian football. With the likes of Baba Yara, Abdul Razak, Abedi Pele, Tony Yeboa, and so forth. As such, we all may have our favorites on the pitch. Samojan is undoubtedly one of the best in the past two decades. 2003, the speaker, he became, he, he played, his started his professional football and has left a big impression, not just in, in Ghana, but throughout the world where he roamed in Europe, in Asia, and in all these places, he carried the name of Ghana very high. And I'm happy we are celebrating him today because it's good to celebrate people when they are alive. And he exiting from football is giving us a reason to say that it is time for us to also recognize what he has done and play the game he played all these years. He played for everybody and let us all play for him. That today we are recognizing him as a whole for what he has done for Ghana. Uh, last voice you heard is the former youth and sports minister, Dr. Rashid Pepo. And earlier we had Majority Chief Whip Frank Anu Dompre there. That's it for sports. And if I brought to you by President Herbo and Chaco, President Every Smile Matters. Definitely. Yeah. I'm sure we are getting ready for Ido Ada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. can't wait for the meet. But Lots it looks of like Antrax huh? wants to get in our way. Mm. Uh, but uh, we'll get details of that. But um, news just coming in or from our partners, the BBC. All five passengers on the missing Titan submersible are believed to be dead. And this is according to the company which operates the vessel. We'll give you more on myjoyonline.com as well. And I'm sure you've been following uh, this particular situation. Five explorers um, set out to visit uh, the Titanic where it is under uh, the ocean and uh, just to explore. And all five of them, we are told, are believed to be dead, um, says the company which operates the vessel. There's more on myjoyonline.com, uh, also on our partners, the BBC. Well, I've been talking about um, anthrax, and as we prepare for it or other, the holiday next week, Wednesday, uh, the number of cattle that have died from the anthrax outbreak in the Upper East region has now reached 99, spreading from the Binduri district to five other districts tonight there's concern that the continuous spread of the disease could spark a national crisis as muslims prepare to celebrate eid next week the outbreak was detected at the start of this month with four suspected cases and one death the upper east regional minister stephen yakubu says vaccination has been scaled up and we are told zipline is offers bringing the vaccines to the area with drones but first let's bring in head of our health desk fred smith has been monitoring uh, the situation for us joins us on the line on Zoom uh, with more from what we are learning. Fred, so bring us up to speed ex exactly with the numbers and what has been done. Well, indeed, Abafa, we've so far recorded 99 deaths uh, from anthrax, uh, as you said earlier. 
the deaths have happened in Talensi, Binduri, where the whole thing started. Uh, Boga Municipal, Boku West, Boku Municipal, and Bongo. And um, let's talk about vaccination. How exactly is it going? Well, the uh, the authorities in the region, the Upper East region, have vaccinated so far nearly 30,000 animals. And these are goats, cattle, sheep, and... Are we there, Fred? It appears I've just lost um, Fred Smith there, but he's giving us uh, the situation on that. But we can um, hear from the minister. And also with the people on the ground getting the vaccines in time and vaccinating the, the, the remnants. So far we've done, I mean, 40,000. And we are continuing today. Today is uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hopefully by weekend, Saturday, we'll reevaluate and see how many we have done so far. And then the technical people will be able to tell us on which uh, level we are then we can think about what to do. Uh, we're working towards lifting it before the celebrations. That's what we are doing. But nothing is guaranteed. Even this morning we had two animals dying in Bolga here and we've taken uh, samples and sent it to Pontamale uh, to know whether it's anthrax or not. Well, that's the, the regional minister there, uh, the Upper East Regional Minister. Meanwhile, butchers at Tulaku have expressed concern about the escalating cost of importing cattle from Togo due to the high uh, safer um, against the city. Um, listen to some of them. The Greeks from the north coming here, <coughs> they now diverted them from Togo to come to here. And because of the safer rate, it is affecting it because the safer changes is high. When you con- convert the city to the safer, it is too small. And look at the French country people too. They don't value whether it has changed or not. If your currency is still high, that is only the affecting, affecting the market. So you may see a cattle of 5,000, which you cannot even believe it's a 5,000 cattle. Well, so that's the situation. Well, tonight, Speaker of Parliament is firing salvos at government demanding an immediate removal of taxes on sanitary pads. There's been a rise in calls on government to remove the taxes with protesters picketing Parliament early today to make similar demands. Well, the Speaker uh, received them and has been interacting with them and um, he actually suspended sitting to meet the protesters and came back to the floor fuming. Listen to him. This is about the taxes on sanitary pads. We are saying we had a group picketing outside and I invited the leadership and the issue they raised was a very serious issue. My attention was drawn to it already. Why should we as members, honorable member, why should we pass a law imposing tax on sanitary pads? This is unconscionable. It's a cardinal sin. The house shouldn't have allowed it at all. This house should have allowed it. You know the impact of that law on the human resource development and on the development of this country is immeasurable. That is why I suspended certain and had to attend to them. I have a copy of the petition and we have to take immediate action to prevent whoever is the minister proposing that thing to take it off. The next budget, it must not appear. It cannot be a tax, please. I take a very serious view on this matter. It was even raised at a forum in Tamar. Why? So that's the, the Speaker of Parliament there on the issues about taxes. But of course, we've been hearing from the Association of um, Ghana Industries, uh, the AGI, and they are questioning government on the removal of taxes on imported sanitary parts. Well, uh, they wish to caution government that any policy measure that seeks to remove taxes on imported tan- sanitary parts at the expense of local manufacturers of same will be very detrimental to our economy, much as the waiver of duties or taxes on imported sanitary parts for our young women to make the parts more affordable may sound good. This will only end up completely wiping out the few local sanitary part factories left in our country. Therefore, the association is of the view that the call for the removal of duties on imported sanitary parts is misplaced. Our local manufacturers of sanitary parts and diapers have been under pressure from cheap and substandard imports which sell at close out, the few sanitary pad manufacturers with capacity to expand are only producing at about 30% capacity on account of the influx of such imports. And some of the factories are already out of business and have sent workers home. So to further eliminate taxes on such imports, 
will certainly collapse the few factories left or compel them to fold up and become mere importers. Our young women deserve affordable sanitary parts, but granting tax waivers on imported sanitary parts is not the way to go. With the right incentives and support, these local companies can meet domestic demand, saving the country jobs and forex so portions of a statement issued by the agi on the issue about removal of taxes on imported sanitary parts time for tech thursday and efficient farm equipment is crucial in sustainable agriculture more so tools capable of executing several tasks at the same time can make farming enjoyable this is what the students of Oboasi senior high technical school have been able to conceive the students have been able to build a solar power electric farm solution capable of spraying, weeding and checking soil temperature and moisture at the same time. Love Firm's Kwesi Debra caught up with them and reports for Tech Thursday. The machine, which can be controlled manually and remotely, consists of a solar panel, a mower, a Bluetooth device for connecting to nearby mobile devices, among others. There are basically three of them. One for digging through the soil, another for turning up and down the soil, and another for cutting. This particular device is used for weeding and spraying pesticides and fertilizers onto the crops. The beautiful thing about this project is that it can be controlled both manually and remotely. This is the second part of our project work, which is able to irrigate automatically, determine weather condition, and also turn on alarm to scare intruders from the farm. Another good thing about this aspect of project is that all data gathered by the device is sent via Bluetooth to the farmer's mobile phone. This helps the farmer to make decisions and also manage the farm very well. We chose Bluetooth over Wi-Fi because you need not to pay for internet service. Reporting for Joy News, Kwesi Debra. And that's how we wrap up today's edition of Newsnight here on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM. There's more when you log on to myjoyonline.com. Personality Profile is up next. We'll bring you a playback of a conversation Lexus Bill had with Mr. Gideon Atare, CEO Alliance Life Insurance Ghana. Do stay for that exciting conversation. I am MFA Apau. Have a good evening. <laughs>